Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Spandex makes me horny. <laughs> no, for real. I'm serious. This is Gus. Gus Petting. You don't know who I am? <laughs> Get the fuck out. Gotta catch. Drag is the new What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here, and we are back again. We are here with a micro, macro, micro, micro wave episode of our podcast. We are deep diving into the long, winding, treacherous, nobody goes home for three fucking weeks, drag God saving path that was. Drag Race Season 14 here in the United States, the main flagship show. And we finally have a winner. It feels like forever. I feel like we talked about this with uh, on one of our, our, our roundup shows. And to be completely honest, that feels like so long ago that I have no idea what we even said about that show. We were in the middle of Drag Race UK versus the world. That came and went, and we were still halfway through the season on the mainland, and it's just crazy. But we are here to deep dive, dish, and just, you know, talk shit, conjecture, give hot takes that nobody asked for, but we're going to give them anyway. I am joined by Eric. Hello. And Brian, look who made it to the show to talk Drag Race this time. Listen, I woke up. I woke up. Yay, yay me. No, I woke up. I'm so I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. We are recording this in the early, the wee hours of the morning on the West Coast. So I am mazel. I am impressed. And I am, I am, I'm happy that you made it for this I, one. I could not stand up Joel a second time. That's really what I think after. <laughs> Why, well, well, thank you. Why, well, thank you. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, joining us again is our house member, Joel. What's up, Joel? Not much. And, oh, this this is just the recording of podcast look. <laughs> <laughs> Full drag. I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just bundles and bundles. They can't see. They don't know. <laughs> Nobody could tell that that was a wig. I'm just saying. <laughs> Nobody would be able to tell that was a wig. Not at all. Not at all. I love it. Oh, oh, why did your sunglasses fall off? Girl, <laughs> you better you better staple that into your wig next time. Oh, nope, no, no, no. Now it's an earring. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Joel is joining us again. He was with us when we did our last conversation about Drag Race. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to chat more about uh, the season that was and get your takes on uh, the second half, especially. Again, I don't remember most of what we said the last time we recorded. So this will all feel brand new to me. But we also have another special guest. This gentleman and I have chatted on Twitter while he was doing a rewatch of Drag Race. And we started uh, bantering back and forth. And uh, an errant tweet that I saw recently where uh, close to the finale, around the finale, said, uh, if you have a podcast, bring me on so I can uh, give my hot takes. And I said, you know what? Why not? Y'all have heard us talk our shit. Might as well bring some new voices on. And um, Ginger is currently in the Vegas show. So she's uh, being suspended on that fan of uh, candy bars that RuPaul uh, came down on. Ginger's currently hooked up to that and we're just waiting to be lowered. It's eight something in the morning in Vegas, but she's still waiting up there. She's she's dedicated. But joining us, we have Dan. What's up, Dan? Hi, guys. You know, just here to share my completely unqualified opinions. <laughs> I mean, it is the internet. It, it is. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, why, why not talk about an art form I've never participated in? <laughs> why not? Okay, I was going to ask, have you ever been, even in face, not even in full geesh, but like, have you ever been painted? No, not a thing, but I am dying to. But I also don't want to be one of those people that does it and you just look totally busted. For me, it's either like you're going to do it and you're going to be 100% stunning or nothing. And I, I don't know how to get to stunning. I just don't. So I'm never going to do it. that's why you got to start it busted. <laughs> you got to start yes. somewhere. Uh, Joel, yeah. have you ever done drag? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I used to be in theater. So yes, I've definitely worn stuff so yeah uh but and yeah you have to look busted because here's the thing you're gonna think you look great but then you're gonna look back on it in five years and be like oh wow i looked like shit (laughs) i mean i don't know about y'all but i look back at my first pictures and i still look stunning i will tell you that both pat (laughs) and eric Mm -hmm. both pat and eric have done drag and look fabulous at times (laughs) did you have drag names yes Eric, would you like to say yours first? Sure. It was Anita Richards. Uh, Dick for short, but not short dick. (laughs) And I am uh, Tulita. Tulita Pepsi. Lovely. And I am Leona Theremin, who is uh, coming back out of retirement for a special event in June. Uh, Having only done one performance digitally, uh, completely not live. (laughs) So this will be a live one. Oh my god, I'm scared. Will you be bearded? Oh yeah, no, I'm a bearded queen. Okay, okay. I don't. Uh, I mean, I have trimmed this before. I did actually. Do you know Gravity Falls? Mm-hmm. Okay, I did Grunkle Stan and uh, I guess Grunkle Ford, right? And they both have like you know close, you know, like five o'clock shadow. So that's the only time I've ever shaved or trimmed for drag or for mm. for something cosplay. But yeah, no, no, I, I color this. I, I my my drag mother in spirit, though not really, is Beyonce Bear, who is a fabulous drag queen that we all know, bearded queen from Florida, and uh, and then I have a a possible honorary new spiritual leader here in Seattle, uh, Honey Bouquet, which is spelled Honey Bucket, 
Uh, she's part <laughs> of the the Bacon Strip, which is an infamous drag show here in Seattle. So she is my. I'm trying to willow. Uh, willow. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, sort of crawl into her family, you know, very very uh, subtly here. So yes, it's. Uh, I, I'll I'll send, I'll send the video. I have a video I shot. Uh, for, for Media Meltdown, which, by the way, quick plug, Media Meltdown is doing some still amazing things. I have not been promoting their stuff on our Facebook as much as I used to. But I was going to say, it's been a hot minute since uh, <laughs> since there's been a mention of them on, on the show. I know. And I've been slacking, and, and they are so fantastic. If you ever have a chance, they're on Twitch, and they're doing live events now in San Francisco at the Balboa Theater and Oasis. So you should check them out. You should post uh, your video to the the facebook page i think you did it when you actually did the performance but it's been a while and since we're mentioning it uh our our listeners can see it closer up instead of having to like cycle back through a year's worth of uh, posts to find it i will do i that. think there's one video of my last performance nope my second to last performance i don't think anybody did there was the last time i was in drag was the only time i did it with a beard and that was because it was a um, it was a show for one of the bartenders that I'm friends with, and he was doing a competition, so it was a benefit show. That's the word I was looking for. And uh, he asked me to do it, kind of last minute, and I was like, "Fine, I will do it," but I am not shaving. So I just did a, uh, I think I did a glitter beard for it. Yes. And it kind of matched, it pretty much matched the dress that I wore. And then I did Taylor Swift's dress as my my song. And, uh, you know, good times. But there was a lovely Kesha mix that I did for my last Turnabout performance, which was my favorite of everything that I've done. So we'll see if we can dig some of that up. Anyway, enough about our drag. <laughs> I will do uh, give one other plug because I was watching Purse First Impressions yesterday and Brian will find this uh, enlightening and maybe something that he will want to partake in. But Thorgy is taking her Thorkestra out of uh, the retirement closet for, you know, COVID, COVIDina, and is doing a Pride tour and is doing, I think, three nights in Seattle. So uh, the Thorkestra <laughs> will be in your neck of the woods. So go to, uh, go look into it and check it out because i know you'd enjoy that i love me a musical like literally a musician uh drag queen so yes i will thank you and ben de la creme show is touring all over the place so be sure to check for ben's or dela's uh show uh was it the committed one um ready to be committed committed. yeah so she's all over the place she just left uh atlanta so kind of making her way back west bitch i got my i bought tickets today they went on sale May 26th, I will be here in Chicago at the Talia Hall, and uh, I will be watching it. This time, I will not be so drunk that I kind of fall asleep during it. <laughs> because I think, Eric, Eric, were you with us when we saw Ready to be Committed? No, um, I, I think that was the year that you did not go with us. No, oh. I saw I saw her, uh, the other one, going through the levels of hell. Inferno. Inferno will go, go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was the year I got really drunk before all the shows. And then <laughs> when you're drunk and you're sitting in one spot for a while. The, the, oh, singu- the singular oh, year up? that you did that? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Usually it's with movies, but sometimes drag <laughs> I didn't fall asleep during any of the ones of the years before. <laughs> 
This time I... <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Back to the roast. Moving <laughs> swiftly along. All right. So let us do what we do best and let's chat about RuPaul's Drag Race. We are going to chat season 14, the season that never seemed like it was going to end, even though it was only a couple of episodes longer than most normal seasons. But it felt like forever. And I don't know why. Did it feel that way for you all? It yes. did, yes, but I think I know why it didn't, or why it felt longer uh, for you. I think it's because they didn't send anyone home, and that fundamentally breaks the show. Like, if you're not sending people home every week, we're not progressing, so we're just here. <laughs> well, yes, and I will, so we will discuss that one piece when we talk about All-Star 7, because mm. we will we will get there. But <laughs> I think what it came down to is, first off, it was the frequency with which we were not sending queens home. Yeah. We've had non-elimination episodes. We've had double Shantae's. We've had all of this. I think what it came down to, the biggest thing, it was because RuPaul motherfucking lied to us. RuPaul walked into that fucking workroom, squeaky door and all, on episode three. Walked down those stairs that did not have a handrail. And for a woman of her age, you should have a handrail. That is an OSHA violation. Walked (laughs) up to those girls. (laughs) Walked up to them girls. And lied to them. And said, this season, I am not saving anybody. (laughs) Your fate is in the hands of the drag gods. And had them sign those fake-ass candy bars that did not have anything in them. I, I, I swear they did not have anything in them until the producers put a gold bar on the one they wanted and said, the only way that you will, that it face elimination and stay in the competition is if you have the gold bar. And that sounded good for the first couple of episodes. And then it was a lie. And then she was saving bitches. She was not sending anybody home. She was double shantaying them. I like... Be upfront with us. Tell okay. us, okay, like, don't say, I'm not saving anybody. Don't say that line. Just say, hey, listen, if you were up for elimination, you have a chance to remain in the competition if you have the golden ticket slash candy bar. And then that way, I mean, last the season before it, literally, she sent Candy Muse home. The lady said, go home. And then she was like, candy, candy. I wanted her to say, oh, no, just kidding. Keep going. But she didn't. She said, (laughs) I'm not done with you yet. And she saved her. That's her fucking prerogative. It's her fucking show. Like, you're you're producing a story. Do that. And I'm cool with that. But don't fucking lie to me and say, I'm not saving anybody. And then have an entire fucking month where one girl goes home. The entire month of February, one person went home. And that was Jasmine Kennedy. And I'm now going to call her Jasmine because of Race Chaser. But Jasmine was the only one that got sent home in the entire month of February. This show lasted from January through the middle of April. And in one month, we sent one girl home. So we had all of that time where you were doing bamboozlement, chicanery, and whatever <laughs> it was. But you were saving them. Yeah. And that's what, made it, that's what made me mad. Just be upfront and honest and tell me what the truth is. So that's how I feel about that. I mean, I'm just sharing my feelings right now. 
<laughs> Not that some of the things, like honestly, the Jasmine was it Jasmine in Georgia's lip sync where it was a double uh, Shantae was a yeah. great performance. It was worthy. It deserved to to have them both stay. But did we need to go four weeks and have one queen eliminated? I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, I'm going to digress because I want to get off of this, this, uh, the soapbox for a minute and have you all talk because we are going to dive into this kind of like we do on our, our deep dives of a TV show or a movie. There is so much to talk about in this episode from the, Oh, snatch game. To the lip sync Lala Perusa, to all of the mini challenges, to the bubbly sponsorship, to all of the amazingly blatant product placement. So we are going to do our highs. We're going to do our lows. Maybe we'll even chat about a couple of looks that tickled our fancy. And then we'll chat a little bit about the finale and what we think about uh, how the new format went, how RuPaul was awkward just standing in the middle looking forward and not looking at the queens, and uh, and then what we thought about who won the, the series. So, spoiler alert, if you have not watched all 4,000 hours of season 14, turn back now. But uh, I'm going to toss it to one of our guests here. Dan, why don't you give us some of your highlights from season 14 of RuPaul's Drag Race. So my biggest highlight, I think, was like the third or fourth episode where they did um, that fake teaser. I just, I absolutely loved how the entire teaser for the entire show was the fake teaser that they were creating because they they highlighted Carrie Colby screaming out so much before the season actually started. Um, and I thought Cornbread was fantastic when she was rolling around on the floor. Willow was wonderful when she was just crawling across the table in this weird accent I didn't even understand. Like, <laughs> it, it all was, it was just perfect in just such a wonderful way. I think that was the high point of the whole season for me. Um, and it was probably, Orion's story was still in Who? the season. Orion's story, right? Who? Exactly. Who? Like Vitamin it, C? God, she was still. Tell me, she didn't look like vitamin C at the reunion. I'm just saying, go back and look at her reunion look and pull up a picture of vitamin C singing "Graduation" parentheses friends forever and Mm -hmm. identical, identical. Sorry, back to you. (laughs) Yeah, no, like I, I honestly, I can't even, I can't believe that that was one of my favorite episodes with Orion still in the series. She's probably clearly one of my least favorite queens that has ever been on the show ever in life. What a dull personality. (laughs) <laughs> please tell me how you really feel about orion <laughs> uh, you you could have you could have painted a large boulder and rolled it down a hill and it would have done better in this competition than orion story did <laughs> put a third titty on it and you're probably right <laughs> yeah oh oh my god that three titty look was so terrible oh my lanza you know what go off sis go off do your thing <laughs> All right, we'll come back for some more highlights from you. <laughs> Eric, what was a highlight for for you for you from this season? For me, um I really liked the acting challenge, the Daytona Wind uh challenge. Oh. Oh. Um 
Although, I will say that I didn't need quite as many fart jokes as they put into the final cut. I thought th- I thought the acting and the kind of script was good enough. I didn't need all of the farts, but uh, that may be a controversial opinion. I don't know. Uh, is is it is it wrong to say that I still haven't watched that episode? <laughs> yes. Vaccine, come That's on. A, yes, I think I think it's probably one of the best acting challenges in Drag Race because yeah. I, they not only does it have a pretty decent script, they also took the time to make it look like an old soap opera from that time period by color grading it and everything and you know, putting it in the right format. It was it was also and, my highlight. It was what I was gonna say. Um, I, I thought. I thought the farts were fine because I thought they, the way they snuck it into the dialogue to make it work and the queens all acted this out totally seriously and didn't realize what was going to happen to them, which is, I think, just perfect. I like, um, they, they gave a little bit of a clue when Rue was like, uh, oh, I need you to like let each like dialogue just have a pause. Just let it like <laughs> linger. Like going back, knowing that they yeah. do, it, it all fits. And it's like, oh, you guys. And they total wind. I mean, it all worked. But yes, yeah. I agree. I, I mean, it, it was also, I actually liked the way that RuPaul was directing it on set. I thought she yeah. was giving good acting advice. Well, good enough acting advice for a soap opera commensurate with the star star booty i mean really yeah. the level exactly. <laughs> yeah uh, and aj and the queen oh long running series on netflix <laughs> well i mean i guess long running for a netflix show now oh. right. um, <laughs> you know what not wrong but yeah that um, I, that daytona wind episode was the first episode i realized lady camden was on the show yeah. <laughs> well it's like, oh, you are here. That's so nice to see you. And she- and while Snatch Game was abysmal, um, I did enjoy the episode after, which was the Lip Sync Lollapurusa. So, I mean, if the Snatch Game had to give us something, it gave us that, which I thought was good. But do you think that was planned all along? Oh, it totally was that that was going to happen sometime during... The season, I don't think they necessarily saved it specifically for after the Snatch game um, because they had an extra girl in there that they didn't need. So I think there was going to be this lip sync smackdown elimination. They probably also knew that like there's a good chance that they're probably not going to pull off a great Snatch game because Snatch game overall has been like really uneven in in the history of Drag Race, but lately especially. So I think Mm -hmm. it was like, this is probably a good place to do this, but then they leaned into that storyline of like, y'all need to be reevaluated or whatever, whatever uh, Michelle's whole, uh, the investigation it, continues. Her, her select committee <laughs> on uh, why the Queens can't do good characters. Oh my God. That had that runway had the best line of the entire fucking season for me. I don't think I've laughed so hard or so loud as after RuPaul was talking to Georges. And then she says, you know, I know that you get down on yourself, but you shouldn't feel bad. You all did equally as bad in the challenge. <laughs> and I fucking lost my mind. Laughed my ass off. I was like, that is so... that That is, that is being like, girl, I listen, we're our own worst enemies and our own worst critics. 
but it was warranted because you were sucky as hell. Like it was just taking her and trying like you think that it's going to be like I'm going to uplift you. No, she just kept kicking her while she was down and it made me laugh so much and I loved it for that. I I posit a theory though. Yes, there have been some not great performances and some mediocre performances in Snatch Game. Um, throughout the history of Snatch Game, you know, obviously we look at the history of Beyonce in the Snatch Game from Kenya Michaels to Asia. Um, Tyra. I have a feeling, I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. Um, I I think they were hoping for a two good performances out of Snatch Game and having two queens to be able to sit out a la all-stars four when they did it wasn't yeah. and i know it wasn't necessarily the bottoms but when you had manila and monet be the top two and then they had the eliminated queens do the lala perusa to try to get back into the competition if you had two strong performances you have two queens sit out and then you have the remainder as sets of two and then you're able to lip sync and do the same format. Mm. Whether or not it meant that they were all so shitty in Snatch Game, but it didn't have to be that they were all so shitty in Snatch Game. You could have had middle-of-the-road performances. You could have had, and eh, these were bottom performances. And then you could have separated, hey, these two girls have earned safety in the next uh, in the next round, and then we're going to do this all a Perusa. Well, I mean, also, if they had just eliminated one person that episode, it also would have lined up to the right number of girls. So they could have been expecting it just to be a regular snatch game and one person go home. And then the next week they would have just done the Lollapurus anyways. But But that person probably would have been Jasmine and they don't want to get rid of Jasmine before a Lollapurus. True. And the thing is they tend um, in the history of, or uh, there aren't enough instances, I think to really call it history, but when they've done something like this before, there is usually a safe queen or a safe set of queens who are able to sit out that kind of that have earned their right to continue on in the competition while everybody else has to battle for their spot in the competition so i think if you had deja win and then or deja and uh, a camden or a daya or whoever be you know that second you both were the top two queens of this challenge You've earned safety. The rest of you of the queens will compete next week. Then you would have had two on two on two on two, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it was, I think it would, I forget how many queens were at that point. At that point, there were yeah. still seventy five queens in the competition, and you know it'd be set up that way because you had a threesome in the the lip sync, which didn't need to be a three way lip sync. Although it led to uh, Rue's second shadiest comment attached to both of these episodes when Michelle said it was, that was like seduction up there. <laughs> and then Bruce turned to her and said, if only seduction was that good. I mean, come on. Rue had some fucking shady ass zingers and they were amazing, but it would have been interesting to see how it would have been done, but they also have to, since it wasn't RuPaul songs, they had to license these songs beforehand. So they knew that they were going to do a lip sync Smackdown, which for some of these Queens it worked and it should have been done. I just think they kind of were pigeonholed into everybody else bombed. We had one person saved, so we're going to have to set it up this way. 
Joel, what other highlights uh, besides that did you have? Uh, so I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to pick one that I think was better than the others. Um, I Was it good necessarily? No, but I did enjoy the Moulin Rouge episode. I thought <laughs> it was fun. Um, the rumor is that it was supposedly originally meant for All-Star 6, right? Is what it was supposed to be? I think I heard something like that on Ray Chaser. Yeah. yeah. And that it was held off till now. Um, the only bummer about it was that none of them can sing. So they were like, no, no, y'all just lip sync this one. Don't, we're not recording y'all. <laughs> that was the only bummer. But I did enjoy the overall like idea of it. Um, it's a bummer that Bosco fought so hard to fail. though. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. At this point, you should know, don't, don't fight that hard for, for anything on the show because it will be your downfall. They set her up. She set herself up to fail, but they also, I hate this production influence because I don't think she did bad at all. And admittedly, I am a fan of Bosco, but I really don't think she did bad. Would Lady Camden have done better? Yeah, probably. I think she's a stronger actor, but she also, because of all of that, was the perfect role for her. Uh, So, I mean, but that's such a storyline bleed through and and i know that that somewhat influences the every it's just that's where i really my my inner um i hate this show i love this show the i hate this show really comes up and yeah anyway uh but i like that you took you guys took all the good ones by the way i just want you to know you're, you're leaving let's segue into some highlights and, from you brian <laughs> what well, else you got <laughs> i mean i i think the only other one that i really liked the concept of but the execution less so was the 60s group because there have been yeah. a few things this season that were so new to the show and, and, and ideas for maxi challenges. And I have long complained that not only is the show stale, but like they keep going back to the same well for these challenges. And it's like this season and, and other instances before this, but, but, but this season really like they went back to the drawing board and these, these challenges to like showcase a little bit of history that, the younger viewers may not be as familiar with is, is always welcome. And I love that. And, and to you talking about the, the Rusical, the, the Moulin Rouge having Leslie Jordan, who's I think been in the show at least uh, a few times. Right. But, mm-hmm. but featuring yeah. him in such a, pro- it was so lovely. <laughs> and so I'm such a fan of his work and, and, and everything. So it's like, I love when the show goes to that. Well, I love when the show finds ways to, to make some fresh content with these Queens from like 60s like girl groups like again so so i think i like the idea that the actual like performances well you know they were they tried they tried their their hardest i don't remember I, there was one didn't... that was good what was the one group of those three that were good bosco uh, was... and diabetic yeah. 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 yeah and and that was the episode where i where that's where i started to fall in love with diabetic mm. like so you're her, a diet fan oh love it Absolutely love her, love her, love her. Should she have won? No, absolutely not. But I loved her. Well, and so it's interesting because I have friends who um, did not like Di at all and kept saying, oh, she's getting the villain edit. She's doing this, doing that. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, she's she's being honest. And it's also she's being kind of like playing into the caddy. I mean, she knew what she was sounding like. She didn't. I don't think she was like Bosco where she mm-hmm. tried to be this this conniving person for, for airtime. Daya a little bit, I think leaned in, but didn't go like full on stupid, like a uh, mustache twirling uh, villain. Right. 
Uh, but I like Dai a lot, and I think that bore through to her being in the finale. Um, so yeah, those See, are my uh, picks. So. I mean, I think Daya had a good antagonist voice on the show. The only issue I had with her was really between her and Jasmine, because I think she went overly hard on Jasmine every episode. Um, I hate Jasmine, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> I cannot stand Jasmine. Like the the force of a billion suns is, is just every time she would talk and talk and talk. I just was like, I don't, I don't, I love every, I don't hate people at all. Like I usually don't like have that one person. Who I'm like, ah, oh, fuck that person. But the, uh, Jasmine was totally that for me. So I was cheering Daya on the whole time. <laughs> See, I totally, I understood everything that Daya was saying. Like people hated on her so much, but it very much was, she was saying what everyone is thinking, but everyone is so conflict averse. Like that, that's part of what I, I dislike about the show as it's gone on is that now everyone is just so in tune with their feelings and having good, normal conversations. Very Gen Z, we're all mini therapists and it's just so exhausting. Fight, like just have a screaming match with each other. And they just like, we're never going to do it. And Diabetti was the only one who was ever saying anything interesting. And then Deja Sky is like, yeah, please go ahead and have a great conversation. Good. Yes. Feel those feelings. And it was so obnoxious. But like with every time Diabetti would speak about like Jasmine or Georges, it's like, yes, you are a skinny girl who has very basic drag and are getting like fisted by Rube. Like she loves you so much and it doesn't make any sense. Whereas Diabetti is coming in there with a clear artistic vision, worked her ass off, clearly spent some money and time while Georgia's put cookie cutters on her tits. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, listen, don't forget that RuPaul signed up to be an organ donor for Georgia's. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> <laughs> but but just that, that general concept, like that that's why Untucked is so not interesting anymore, is that Ugh. people aren't willing it, it's like what you were talking about earlier is that you know the the sh they're all so aware that they're on TV and they're so also aware of the social media life that they'll have afterwards. But think about all the queens that have screamed and yelled, like Raven and Detox, like and Laganja, like everyone loves them and they were so not in tune with their feelings and just said whatever the hell they wanted to. And it was actually interesting to watch. Like if people just kind of like let their therapist stay at home, we might actually have an interesting TV show again. Do we have to lump Raven in there? Hmm. Well, remember when she yelled at Mimi on first? Do we, but, but, but everybody yelled to, at Do we Mimi. need to like her? <laughs> yeah. Everyone yelled at Mimi. <laughs> Valid point. I a hundred percent agree with you because I, I, was it on the reunion that somebody somebody pointed out and they were like, Daya said everything we were saying off camera, just yeah. on camera. And when you go, if you were ever in a drag queen's dressing room, the shit that they say to each other and the shit that happens and the fights that happen, it's, you know, we say, you know, oh, you know, or Bianca loves to, to kind of throw the little the little side eye to it. You know, oh, she's my sister. Like, it, it really kind of is that little sisterhood. And families fight. Families have disagreements. And you're putting them under this microscope and putting them on camera. Let them fucking fight and let them sort it out. And let them, you know, figure things out. And what we're watching was a year ago. You know, obviously, apparently there were some some things and 
that were not discussed before Jasmine was working at, at Roscoe's here down the street from me. Uh, Roscoe's got so much free advertisement in the reunion episode, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like the fact that the world has decided, that social media has decided we are the judge, jury, and executioner of what these conversations are and these people's characters based off of this television show, it's ridiculous. No one should ever be subjected to death threats and harassment like this. And I mean, we've said it when we've talked about some of these conversations back to, you know, All Stars 2 and the whole Fifi O'Hara, you know, formerly known as Fifi, uh, Jeremy uh, instance of of getting abuse. And even the, the conversation that they had on the show of, you know, people saying they wanted to throw acid in her face and all this bullshit. Like, that's just ridiculous. I, I don't think Daya was necessarily doing it for the screen time or came in there with a plan of being that way. I think she was just caught up in the moment. It was just didn't put a filter on and was saying what she was saying. And it was great television. Now, you know, Dan, to your point, we get one or two moments every untuck season where we're like, okay, let's go watch this. You know, you have the heartfelt moment where Jasmine, you know, uh, comes out as trans and you have the uh, fight moment where Jasmine fights with Maddie. Like, those are like those two big moments. Can you tell me anything else that stood out from Untucked or that you watched Untucked for any other reason? You know, it's tough. Uh, Dan, do you have any other highlights that you want to uh, point out from from this season? Um, I would say the relationship between Willow and Cornbread, I thought was really beautiful to witness. I really, I loved that. And just like the general sisterhood of everyone minus Orion's story, who didn't seem to care. Um, But like, it it was like everyone... she was in a showman's with George's. Girl. (laughs) Sure, why not? Um, (laughs) But no, I, I... I particularly love the relationship between Cornbread and Willow. And like, I loved watching Cornbread at Roscoe's like, and her reaction to Willow winning. I just thought it was so beautiful and cute. Um, I'm it's really disappointing that Cornbread's not going to be on season 15, but I have conspiracy theories about that as well. That have nothing to do with her ankle. No. Maybe we'll dive into that later. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, any other highlights you want to bring up? Um, I, I think most of the really good ones have been said. I thought that, um, the Menzies' uh, drag panel wasn't bad. I don't think it was as good as like the pink table talks from, uh, one of the all-star six. six. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think there was still some heartfelt stuff shared on it and I thought it was a good episode. I didn't think it was a great episode. I just thought it was good. But we're at that point where we've said all the really good stuff, I think. <laughs> Joel, any uh, any other highlights for you? Um, so there's one, and I just want to call it out. I am by no means a Georgia stan, but that first lip sync with her and Orion story, from just the way she stands at the beginning of the lip sync, I was like, oh, she's about to murder this poor girl on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> And I think about that all the time. Just the little crossed legs as she stood there ready to start. <laughs> um, and that's, that's it. Uh, yeah, that's all I got on that. 
Oh, Eric, that was the uh, that was the last episode of Drag Race we watched together. We saw that at Savoy on the uh, Paradise Patio at Savoy yeah. before we went to uh, dive slash Southern and and watched Willow perform from uh, the DJ booth <laughs> with her house on her head. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, any last highlights? No, I think the finale is probably the only other thing I can reference, and we're going to talk about that. So yeah. All right, all right. I I will say I did like the the Dragon panel. I wish it was done like the first time they did it in season uh, ten, where it was separate cat like uh, not categories but separate topics, mm-hmm. where you had like the um, the the hair makeup body type of breakdown. And I think it maybe was because of the number of queens that were left. You know, we were left with an even number, so we couldn't break it up into more than... It would either be four panels of two or two panels of four. And I think that it it was a very odd mixture. It felt like they were trying to mix the pink table talk and the DragCon panel. Because when they did the DragCon panels before, and if you've been to DragCon, if you've been to any convention where there's panels... We're not really looking for heartfelt, emotional, like, conversation. We're looking for fun and laugh and jokey and all that. Like, we got proportionizing out of the Season 10 challenge. Like, that was great. It was fun. You know, Monique's laugh was, like, showcased, you know, the... (laughs) Like, it's great moments like that that are just fun. I didn't necessarily need to have that emotional piece of it in a dry con panel in a challenge like that, especially when you don't have an audience there to kind of interact with it. You're just doing this for the, the judging panel, uh, which I think is a hindrance to a lot of these challenges that are done on the main stage. When you don't have that audience there to kind of absorb and react, it's a little bit different. Like I felt like Bosco was hamming it up to Rue and I'm still a little mad. I love the electric boogaloo reference because anytime there's ever a two. The first thing that comes to my mind and out of my mouth is electric boogaloo. But I'm mad that she flipped it and she said electric boogaloo part two and didn't say, you know, uh, Menzies is part two electric boogaloo. But that's because she's like 12 and, you know, this is a reference for anybody over the age of like 35, 37. But she tried and I applaud that. Um, the raw, uh, the Ross Matthews roast, while it did have some challenges there were some great moments to that honestly bosco's joke about you know after last week when rue the judges panel the other contestants the camera crew all told me to go home you know like things like that and then i will i will i will sit here right now and i will defend lady camden and that's that yelling into ross matthews asshole joke i thought that was funny i enjoyed I didn't care that there were three setups. I was with it the entire fucking way, 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 way. <laughs> I, it's I, thought, <laughs> I thought Willow's uh, Lady Camden joke about her being the product of a brother and sister was <laughs> pinnacle. The absolute best. <laughs> that was the best joke I've ever heard on that show. I absolutely loved it. I, I, I will say that I was tickled uh, with Bosco's Ross is not a top. He's a blouse. Like, like, <laughs> that, that was classic. Was, Love it. Yeah, that, that was good. Like, when that rose was good, it was good. Yeah. When that rose wasn't good, it was Georgia. It walked off stage. It was Georgia. <laughs> <laughs>
Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Georges. Like, I don't know. Has that girl just not been away from home that long? Like, I know she's 12, but like for real, though, she was just so ready to go home at that point. It, it wasn't even funny. And she, she, she wanted to get plowed out by her two boyfriends. Good for her. She was like, uh-huh. yeah, she was like, I have not been ticked down in a while and I need this. Let's go. <laughs> she's like, can I get that? Can I get that ticket back to uh, Nashville? I was like, where is she from again? <laughs> Do y'all remember I, I the think... Do y'all remember the reading challenge? Oh yeah, I only remember. <laughs> right, I only remember one read from that whole thing, and that was Bosco's last one, where she. Oh, that tired they're all. I loved it though. It was the first time it's I've so ever heard old. it. It is so old. I've never heard it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Okay, so that was completely unoriginal. It yeah, was, that, that was, but this, her setup it's it's an old joke but done in a drag race way where yeah the whole she found rupaul's will and and she wants you all to uh to carry her down the runway so you can let her down one last time (laughs) that i mean it it was cute and it worked in a drag race way but yeah it is it is such it is such a rehash joke but yeah i wish i remembered the reading challenge because i know that there were a couple of a couple of reads that were good in that i think bosco overall was good in that challenge did she (laughs) win it yes yeah she won every comedy challenge Funny queen, very funny queen, and one of uh, and one of Tranos's, uh gems on her gauntlet, and I fucking live. <laughs> um, I will also highlight for me was, in a sense, the catwalk episode, the final song, because they actually let the girls design an outfit and had it made for them. I thought like. Apparently, and apparently we'll get to the finale, but apparently they were able, they were given a budget and were able to work with like given stuff, given the tools to work with people to have stuff created for them. And it's nice to see that happen. I can understand making it for like the challenges. Although like, I swear that the ball just needs to not be like the second episode or the first episode. We don't need 4,000 Queens on that, on that stage walking three categories it's just too much sensory overload um but those challenges i can understand them making it themselves and you know that if you're going on drag race season 475 fucking learn how to sew something hot glue something make an outfit out of something but for them to be able to work with uh, or like sketch out a design and be like here make this and i'm sure they were able to be like hey i would like it to be shiny i would like it to be this type of material it was fantastic. And most of the outfits were awesome. Like that was just really, it was really nice to see them be able to be set up for success in that and not have it be and show, and for them to show that piece of it, because obviously we we know that in like the girls, uh, the sixties girl group, they were given outfits because you got to all match and all that. But to see the sketches and see that they were able to do this, I thought that was really cool. What I like when drag race finds a way to really use actual drag skills and part of that is design whether you're the executor or you're buy, you know you're selling or you're, you're finding someone to make it for you like that is a absolutely necessary skill kind of like back when they did uh club 96 or whatever oh like club 96 i love that <laughs> challenge because it's absolutely a drag queen thing that they'll sometimes have to come in and reinvent a night and so again like those moments when they align so well 
uh, in addition to all the obvious, like, you know, comedy and acting and all that. I, mean, I love that. And that's useful. And that's interesting. It's it's the win. It's the, it's the challenges that are like, I don't have a bad. I can't think of a good example, but the ones that are just like, what are they doing? Why are you doing this? This is stupid. Um, so, yeah, I, lo- I love that they they showed that. And, and for a queen. And at that point, I think all those queens had done that previously with other people, had brought a lot of uh, other uh, collaborators work with them. Like, if could you imagine if it was like a Maddie? And she she made it that far, and she got to design her own thing and have that built made for her. I wonder if they got to keep them. I feel like that would have been, I uh, probably not, but like I would have been pretty cool. Probably. I mean, it's. I mean, how many other seventeen foot tall drag queens are going to fit into Diabetes' outfit? That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's all probably yeah. in their contract. They're probably itemizing the expense, and they're oh. you're going to owe us your soul yeah. for another few months. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for sure. That was really neat. They were like snack tights is footing the bill for these outfits. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right. So we've talked highlights. Let's talk some lowlights. Let's go back around the other way. Brian, what were some uh, not so special moments of season 14 for you? Uh, did we already mention Jasmine a few times? Because, yeah. <laughs> um, I. So I, we talked about this before. I don't want to go way into it again. I, I think the way they handled Maddie being on the show is good. I wish Maddie could get out of her own shell a bit more and be more of the queen who I see on Instagram like all the time because she's amazingly entertaining. If you're not on a Maddie Morphus's Instagram, it's and it's like Instagram or TikTok. You know, they they cross pollinate, right? Her content is spot on amazing. Um, but I don't, I don't know. That whole thing was so awkward and weird about, you know, oh, you're cisgendered or sorry, a cisgender. You're well, that too, but you're, uh, you're, uh, you're heterosexual. Oh, what's that like? It was like, uh, it, was, it wasn't even that technical. It was like, so you're straight. Yeah. Oh, well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right. But I mean, it was just like, oh, and then, it cuts all the other queens. Go, oh. Yeah. I don't know. And then none of us yeah. believe that he's entirely, uh, you know, but that's, that's, that's our, that's our prerogative uh, as, 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 you know, came in to uh, always assume somebody is probably not entirely straight. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, other than like certain personalities uh, and the production rearing its ugly head. Oh, oh, wait, no, no, sorry. I'm going to take this one because you guys took all the good ones. <laughs> uh, both horrifying and, and also somewhat amusing after a while, the, the chocolate bar. Uh, the Willy Wonka uh, drag race element uh, no. was the fail horn. Then it's it's chocolate. Which have any of you seen some of the memes that they did with that? Okay, so I think my favorite is something like uh, when the bottom doesn't remember to douche before you know the date, and then it's the it's Maddie, it's Maddie, and it's like mm, it's chocolate. And- Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And like that, every time I would see the reveal, I would just think of that meme and it made me laugh out loud. It was so dumb. <laughs> but um, dumb gimmick and totally agree. It's a, it's a production conceit. They weren't actually like, it, it, when did they need it? And I will say, if anyone had to get it, Bosco, because Bosco is amazing. And that whole uh, whatever was just a catastrophe. Uh, she did not deserve to go home. Thank God. The drag gods smiled upon her that day and she got the golden ticket or whatever the fuck the thing was anyway uh yeah i think that needs to never come back can we all agree that that's just like come on just own it you don't need a you don't need a a a MacGuffin. you don't need a whatever that is uh get out of jail free card just 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 do like you do it like you said earlier do like you're doing already save people you want to save and just just own it yeah have you heard bob talk about it like uh, Bob describing the, the the candy bar rules, it's 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 this whole it's this whole thing. I'll have to try to find it and either post it on the page or uh, or search it on YouTube. But it, it, it's along the lines of like, so if it's chocolate, then you go home. But if there's nougat, then you get to uh, you get to replace yourself with one of the other girls in the lip sync. And then if it's uh, if it's uh, Krispies, then you get to host the show. <laughs> like it goes through all like this yeah. this ridiculous list of like different candy fillings and all of these like off the wall uh, rules that it could be. And oh honestly, that's what I want for next season yeah. is a whole like random set of rules on what happens depending on what is in your chocolate bar. What if they put the queens on a giant roulette rule uh, <laughs> uh, roulette uh, table and spin them and then that's how they decide who gets stuck. They and did that episode one. And, yeah. Oh god, you're right. <laughs> Cornbread just shifts and it spins back the other way. <laughs> yeah. What, oh, what, what, drove me, what drove me nuts about the chocolate bar thing is that the jig was up the moment that they said it because imagine if june jambalaya got the golden ticket yeah oh okay so what what did so the whole thing would have just been for nothing like it was very obviously not going to be that moment that they were claiming it to be so it just the jig was up it was it was just it was pointless it was very obviously production was saying in the quietest way possible this is rigged Yeah. yeah I also it's think like, having it happen after they've already been sent home just like felt like another kick in the nets to the queen. It's just like, come on, they're already going home. Just let them go home. Yep, like yeah. I do, I almost wish it was the idea that Bob is joking about of like maybe the candy bar happens before the lip sync. And if you do have this gold candy bar, you can take someone else and swat them in. Like that would almost be more interesting. I like, like that. <laughs> you, you or- get you. There's like three that are floating around and you don't know which three have it. That would be more interesting than what we were given. Yeah. Or if like, if you do get the golden ticket, you get to re lip sync against someone of your choice. That would also be good. And then, and then you could send a bitch home instead of you, but you have to yeah. earn it. That yeah. I could get on board with. Yeah. But- I just feel so bad for June Jambalaya because that girl like hot footed it and was sweating. And like that last image of her with the, <laughs> 
it's chocolate just sweat drip, dripping down her face like you know messing up her makeup like i'm just like damn like i mean she had a fucking glow up and a half between the reunion oh, yeah. and the finale episodes gorgeous okay. looks fucking stunning but for that like that pussycat wig that bus driver wig named the helen like it just it was just so bad it was such a bad look for for that to be her final moment on the show yeah. before coming back like out of the filmed portion or yeah. you know from last year i just yeah although i do like Alyssa hunters is chocolate <laughs> yeah, so i love it talk about injustice to puerto rican queens right mm. My people, Gosh. my people uh, have not had a good run on the show, aside from like Alexis. Yeah, and she still gets she still gets shafted at any point in yeah. time as she gets yeah. closer to the end. Is Vanjie where there's not, an Alexis, there's an India. Vanjie's not. The Vanjie's not Puerto Rican, right? Yeah. Um, maybe she had I a pretty good run. I don't quite know, but I, but I mean, I mean, she didn't. She didn't say she was like from the island. Oh, she didn't own like, it. Like, like, I mean, Alexis she wasn't currently on. Yeah. She's New York performing on the island. Yeah, she's yeah. your people. That's that's, that's she's, yeah, oh, she, yeah, that's even, yeah, even more my people. The New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. When you've got like an, an Alyssa and Alexis Mateo, like the queens that have like the thick, heavy accents, especially um, Alexis Mateo being one of the few that like really had a heavy accent. That she made final three in season three. And then well, Yara, Yara, Yara Sophia was also up there. Yeah, I'm not sure what Yara's from the the uni- a parallel universe. She's just fucking nuts. Oh, that too. <laughs> I mean, that too for sure. Something happened I, on the it, transit, and it just messed her up. Yeah. <laughs> I love Yara. Yara's oh, she's, uh, crazy. She's, she's Yara Sophiaing about the the workroom. She's a slightly uh, saner Tammy Brown, is what I I read that as. You know, slightly, just very slightly. Very slightly. I'd find, I'd yeah. way funnier too. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know which. Like, yeah, right. I know it's a Sophie. Yeah. Uh, all right, Joel. What were some low light? What was a low light for uh, for you from the season? Uh, we already kind of mentioned it. It was untucked. Like just okay. like halfway through, just stopped watching. It was just like I'm good. Uh, I think the one time it was interesting, they even told you in the episode you had to watch Untucked because they were like, hey, Jasmine and Maddie are fighting right now. Go watch it in Untucked. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's like one of the few times that they actually cut a scene of Untucked into the show. Yeah, because they were like, hey, y'all don't watch this, but watch this one, please. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, just, we already said either like, we need to start encouraging the queens to be allowed to be able to be messy and not face fan backlash, or I don't know, figure out something else to do with Untucked that makes it more interesting to watch than them just sitting back there airing themselves out. Yeah, uh, if you're not watching Untucked, you're only getting ninety eight percent of the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make Untucked interesting, only cast queens who don't pass the psychological exam. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> oh my uh, god! <laughs> this is RuPaul's best friend, right? What? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's that's what happens. Oh god! All right, Eric. Uh, throw us a throw us a low light for from you. For me, uh, the low light was probably the. Not everyone, but the talent shows in the first two episodes. Episode the two. Amount- episode two yeah, especially. Episode two was not a good at all. 
I mean, half of the girls lip synced to not original music, just random song. Yeah. And it wasn't good. Like, I mean, the only good person was Angeria out of that group. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Willows no. was also spectacular. No, 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 no. Out of episode two. I thought she did that. Was Willow was in episode one. Oh, yeah. that's right, because they split it up. You're right, you're right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and the whole fact that they sent someone home in each of the first <laughs> two episodes. Because on, on season 13, no one went home the first three episodes. And that was um, fine. The lady I'm, said, go home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone said, was sent to the, the pork chop loading dock. No. Yeah. Uh, but no one went home the first three episodes, which was fine because they phrased it that way. Like, I mean, that was what it was. If they had, in the first two episodes this time, just given, just done a top two and lip synced, and that was fine. But the whole sending someone home and then bringing them back the third episode, that just set the whole season off for me. Like, I don't know. It was just, ugh. Dan, what about some of the lights from you? Um, definitely Snatch Game. Um, it, but mainly because the winner, like, I am not a Deja Sky stan in any sense of the word. Um Except for her performance in Moulin Rouge, I thought was really wonderful. But what a lackluster and dry Snatch Game performance that she won. She benefited so hard from just everyone sucking. And it was just... It was only good by comparison. That was... Yeah. Yeah. It just... I mean, I enjoyed her yelling out, yeah, all the time, but... Yeah, but did we need it at the reunion? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did. Um, She had one thing. They couldn't reference anything else at the reunion. Come on now. (laughs) Right. But I would say my other low light would just be the finale in general. Not not the winner, but the finale. I appreciated switching up the format. But yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. I... hmm. Yeah, that... hmm. Snatch Game, and I mean, there's all the conspiracy theories out there saying, well, maybe it was just edited to be that bad, so that way they could do the Lala Perusa and all this. And I, I mean, I said it in the, the first half of our conversation. I don't think that was needed because they were going to do this lip sync SmackDown regardless. Whether or not everybody was horrible, I don't think was a matter of it being a, like, the the be all and end all to do the Lala Perusa. When you have Queens in the Confessionals, which are recorded afterwards, you know, they film Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday they do their confessionals. When they have the Queens talking about how um, you know, the the set was quiet and you know, Rue isn't laughing at the jokes and these things, like I don't think they're gonna be sitting there in the chair and saying that if it wasn't true. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit of extra, like, credence to how bad it was. I I think we're getting to a point where, like, the being cognizant of social media and not wanting to have death threats being sent to them. Really, what it comes down to is we need to just stop the fandom. Like, let the queens be the queens. <laughs> like, could we, could we yeah. go back 10 years to, like, around a season four or five era where... It was popular within, you know, the queer culture and didn't have this massive broad appeal where 
everybody feels that they are entitled to say whatever they want, including uh, sending nasty messages and death threats. But it's kind of become, let's look like the character that we want to play, but not really know or know how to make them funny in this, in this way, in this situation to take them and be able to be kind of ridiculous and funny with it. Um, watch Bianca on the pit stop from that episode. And she talks about like the mindset that you should have when you're doing the snatch game and how it's, you take that character and then you just kind of, you know, you're really just making jokes based off of what the questions are that volley with Rue. And we've seen it be a, a, a challenge, even for some of the best Queens on the show. You know, you look at somebody yeah. like Latrice, Latrice went through through Snatch Game twice and bombed it both times because she could not pull herself out of being concerned about what everybody else is doing, that it yeah. throws her completely off. In this respect, in this Snatch Game, some of them just were all about like the look and being the the person and not playing in the in in the game, not being a part of the game. I don't I think, think some that of means- them tried to outthink the game as well. Yeah. Like Bosco was trying to be way too intellectual about it and tried to over prepare, I think, and then tried to fit in everything that she had prepared yeah. in- into where it didn't fit. Um, but I mean, I think a couple of the choices could have been good. I think Diabetes Ozzy Osbourne could have been really good. She just didn't do anything with it, and okay, I think yeah. really, I we, think William just... Shakespeare is a good choice. I didn't understand the way Lady Camden did it, though. I... Okay, and can I know this guy again? I've watched. I actually watched the pit stop. I think for this almost this entire season, Monet Exchange <laughs> did a great job hosting. Yes, uh, although it would, it would be fantastic if Bob hosts the next season for All Star Seven yes. and gets to critique Monet every week. It'd be great, but. Yeah. Could we just point out the fact that the like the first thing that Diabetti did as Ozzy Osbourne was an Australian thing, where she was like yeah. Ozzy, 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 oi, oi, oi. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing, ma'am? What is this? Like, Why has are you has doing he ever it? done that on stage? Maybe outside of Australia? Probably not. But like, literally, if I feel like Dia typed in like Ozzy. And that chance came up. It was like, I'm going to incorporate this. This will be fun. And has nothing to do with Ozzy Osbourne. Is not like in any way, shape or form connected to Ozzy. I just, I don't. Oh, that was that, that I literally at that point, I was like, okay, you're done. I'm done with you, Daya. Please just sit over there and copy off of Jasmine. Not Jasmine, (laughs) Bosco the entire time and have horrible answers as well. I will say that I did like the kombucha joke. And bringing up that weird, I don't even know what was in it, but it looked disgusting. It's it's just tough with Snatch Game because, I mean, people just need to make sure, or these queens just need to make sure that their references are going to be things that RuPaul understands. Because RuPaul isn't necessarily so hip on modern culture. Yeah, It, it was like when a season or two ago, somebody did Poppy during Christmas the Snatch Game. Yeah. yeah. And... But- I will challenge that because um, I don't have your same concerns. 
<laughs> Gigi in that same season did Maria the Robot and Rue was not, had no concept of it whatsoever and she fucking killed it. Sure. If you're funny, you're funny. If you play off of Rue and you make her laugh, it doesn't matter if they know the reference. But if you were just basing it off of your character references and not making it work with the jokes and the questions, then you're then you're gonna you're not gonna win yeah. no matter what. You can do a great because even the um even the 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 queens that are um not the queens, the the judges were like, I didn't really know Poppy, but then when I went, you know, afterwards I went and I looked up Poppy and I was like, Oh, this all makes sense now. If you just make jokes that are funny jokes, you can still do well even if Rue doesn't know it. But I do agree with you that Rue is very much about her references. And if you pick one that is a solid reference for her, you have a much easier time to make her laugh because she knows but, who you are. But then again, you can't be too on the nose with it because like when somebody picks Rue McClanahan and then can't do anything with it. Like, that gets into a whole thing of like people just not knowing how to play the snatch game because like we said there is a like formula to it and i think if you look at like a bob in his season or a uh like uh, alaska in all stars 2 there is a way to play this where you're playing the character but still being able to be in the moment being able to answer the questions and joke and volley back and forth but when you've laid out this itinerary of this is who i'm gonna play and this is what i'm gonna say you're going to fail. And that's too often, I think, what they go and they're doing. Or just play not knowing the person that they're trying to portray. <laughs> Tammy Brown. I could only see Wanda Sykes. That's all I saw. And, <laughs> I just, and, yeah. <laughs> there were so many Tammy Brown quotes just from the show. Not even from like her life outside of Drag Race. But just from yeah. season one, All Stars one. The reunion of, of season one, like, you know, the, the teleport, teleport me to Mars or the, oh, oh, I'm acting or, uh, you know, change your outfit, change it around. Like, there are so many things that we will constantly say that are Tammy Brownisms. Walking children in nature. Like, how do you not tell RuPaul that you don't see her out there walking children in nature if you are on the Snatch Game with RuPaul and you're being Tammy Brown? Like, how do you not do that? Mm-hmm so wild and lady camden was a really frustrating one there too because it's like shakespeare is a blank canvas and you managed to throw no paint on that canvas at all like what how did you miss how you could have said anything i mean she could have thrown paint on it and made it look like uh rupaul's nose on that that challenge when they had to do the dolly and rupaul paintings (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -mm. yeah those all right. Well, let's swing over into the finale. Uh, Dan, you kind of mentioned this as being a low light. Uh, why don't you kick us off with some thoughts on uh, the finale itself? Well, the very fact that it was five queens was frustrating enough for me to hate it from the start. Um, one highlight of this low light is that they all got to do their individual things. I really, I liked that callback to season eight. They got to do their original songs. It was just too bad that they all were terrible, except for Willow. Um, I liked Camden's. I will. I, I like Camden's. I like well. Camden's. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. Sure, do the reference again. Cool. Um, but it just like I just. I just found them all so uninteresting. Diabetes look was really fantastic. Um, I, I think she should have been in the top with Willow. 
Um, but just this this whole live finale thing, I'm just I'm over it. I'm I'm really over it. Perez Hilton truly ruined it for all of us. I I think the All Stars finales where they really do just kind of release it, like in that moment, that's perfect. I don't need any of this live stuff. It just goes to show like production helps these girls so much in a positive way, and really helps the show and the storyline move because it feels like we hit like a like just like a wall at the end of the season and we accomplished nothing. I don't know. Not a fan. I think that the finale does a couple good things in that because it's so far after the season, you get to see the glow up of everyone when they come back, which I think is a really good thing to end the season on, Mm -hmm. um, which before was uh, achieved by doing a reunion after the fact, which they could still do and then have the finale filmed as part of the regular season of filming um that i would love see the Um, only thing i will say is i love i i I can see both sides of it i do love the fact that the reunion is now separated from the finale uh, and it's filmed the day after Mm -hmm. because you will notice they now have the top queens not really talk as much during the reunion because Shea Coulee ruined that for everybody in season nine <laughs> because that is the most amazing reunion special ever. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Because Shea Coulee knew in that reunion, which was filmed, which was aired before the finale, she knew at that reunion she was not winning. She knew she was knocked out in third slash fourth place she did not give a flying fuck when she walked into when they filmed that reunion the next day she walked into that reunion and said i'm gonna be a salty bitch if i want to be a salty bitch because i'm not winning that hundred thousand dollars no matter what she woke up and chose violence she chose violence (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm not angry. Do I sound angry? <laughs> like she, <laughs> her going off on Valentina, putting her in her place was the best fucking thing. Every yeah. minute, every morsel that came out of Shaykule's mouth fed the children for years to come. Yeah. And I love that. But if you notice, they the top queens, yeah. uh, the top four, the top 17 out of the season, <laughs> um, they don't talk much in the reunion. And it's, I think, by design because they don't want it to look like, oh, well, um, Daya, um, Angie, and uh, um, Bosco don't have a chance at winning, so they can just run off at the mouth if they want to. So, uh, Joel, what were your, what was your thought on the uh, the finale? I enjoyed it overall. I'm a fan of the live ones because I do. I think previous ones have been a lot better than this one. Uh, Pat, you pointed it out earlier. RuPaul was facing forward the whole time, not acknowledging the other queens. And I think that was the big problem with this one is it was weirdly segmented, even though they were six feet on the stage from each other. Like it needed that. What, like I think the season four, like uh, finale had where it was like RuPaul just talking and chatting with them versus this weird, like we're going to do this now. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. Um, Also the clip packages need to go. They didn't work in season 11. I don't think they worked in this one either, except for Willow's where she did the like seventies thing. That was the funniest one. Um, but overall I enjoyed the individual performances for the most part. Um, and I think I, like we said, it's a cool idea to highlight them in that way. Um, apparently they had inputs on the songs, you know, according to race chaser, they said they had input on the song that they were singing or lip syncing to. Um, and I thought the performances were good for the most part on all of those, except for some, but <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I, I thought the like the Las Vegas stage is beautiful, and I love how it works and how it's an LED screen and what they could do with it. I thought that was really awesome. It sucks that theater is not meant to be shot in, though, and you can tell that from how they had to try to figure out angles in that place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brian, what are your thoughts on the 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 finale? So I will be honest, I did not watch the finale. I watched <gasps> clips from the finale because everyone had already kind of ruined it for me by you know social media, not you know, and and yeah. and hearing that people were like, yeah, this is not a great finale. So and this actually happened with Gotmix season two because I was delayed in watching it, ruined, and then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna watch the the stuff I care about, right? So I did watch all the the performances. So I'll, I will focus on that. Uh, I really love Willow's and I really love Daya's and I of course love Bosco's because if you come at me with seraphim uh, accurate to the biblical uh, descriptions with mouths all over your body and detachable and crazy wings everywhere like you got me I, I, I think we've somehow I don't know why but I feel like we've talked about angels and their bizarreness on the show yeah. before yeah. and so uh, keeping with that theme uh, I already love Bosco, but that was a great, great performance. Uh, the others Her headpiece were, was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, the others were fine. I don't think they stood out to me as much as these three. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, very happy with Willow uh, as the the winner. We didn't say we're spoiling. Uh, yeah. And and uh, even though I would have been happy, honestly, with Bosco, Camden, uh, Akira, like they all all were. Uh, Angeria. Angeria. Oh my God. Angeria and Akiria are not the same <laughs> no, person. No, the names are too close. God, as soon as uh, it came out of my mouth. All that hate mail to Brian yeah. at PlayMonster.com. Oh please do. Yeah. No, uh, no, it, it, they, uh, they, all, they all were excellent choices overall. I would have been happy yeah. and fine with any of them. And, and I don't always say that, by the way, of course, uh, but yeah, this season specifically. But yeah, those three uh, were my favorites uh, of their performances. Can I say one thing, Brian, about Bosco's? I do wish, rather than like the molded monster look underneath, I wish she would have done um, what one of the Espana queens did, where they were Lucifer after falling. Like it was like naked. And I wish, since the song was about devil in my head, I wish yeah. it would have revealed to her like naked and with like the broken wings, which would have been cooler. But she did what she did. And I was just like, oh, okay. I, I like that. <laughs> I actually really like that arc. I, 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 I Bosco such a. Oh, and, 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 I meant to say this too. Uh, her thing also played on the uh, Seattle burlesque uh, influence, which you've seen yeah. in other Seattle queens. And so I love that part of it. But I love that idea, Joel. That's really uh, – that would have been perfect. Uh, anyway. And was a callback to uh, the first episode where she did a burlesque number and was yeah. the, the flower. And had all of her was de-pedaling throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I did not love this finale. Um, I was kind of bored through it all. These songs, even though they have uh, some input into them, are horrible. Like, they're just, like, these are not, these aren't, they're not bangers. These don't slap, as the kids say. Like, they, they're just not, they're not fun songs. They're no big they bang are, bong. <laughs> or how's your head? Uh, <laughs> I mean, even that, I'm just, whatever. Like, it's, it's, I know that, um, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, who took over for uh, Lucian? Leland? Uh, okay. Leland, yes, yes. Like these are just such like kitschy like show songs versus like it being something that I want to listen to afterwards. And to have them like to have this many queens and and we're whittling it down. It just yeah. I don't know. Like it just didn't. It, it just felt boring to me. Um, I thought unpopular opinion. I thought Camden won the final lip sync. 
I I think Camden did a better job in that performance. I do I do I do too. Um, I I think that Willow is a great persona and performer, but I don't think in a lip sync battle with Camden she won. That's that's my take on it. I knew Willow was going to win when I saw that Willow and Camden were the top two. I was like, there's no way that Camden's going to win, but I still think that Camden did a better job lip syncing and performing that final performance than Willow did. I, I know I'm in the minority. I'm not a huge Willow fan. I'm not saying that she's not great. I'm not saying that she's not like she was cool when we saw her perform yeah. all of that. Mazel and hooray for her being the newly crowned queen. Like I, I will sit there and I will cheer, but I think Camden should have won from those two in that performance alone. I think Willow had the better reveal than Camden, though. The yeah. like suit to the pants to the like dance outfit was better than Camden's, which was exactly the same as the reveal she did in her solo. Which oh, is yeah. the problem. Uh, I think is if if Camden, I think had a bigger reveal and didn't she didn't do the fall. It maybe would have been better, and she would have won. I don't think that that needs to make or break. Like, overall, I think the performance-wise, I think it was still Camden. But Rue has been in love with Willow from episode one, and that's fine, and that's great, and it's been a great season. One last thing that we'll touch on before we do a quick touch on All-Star 7 and and wrap this up, Uh, Simone's step-down look has caused such a stir on social media. I will say this. I will, I will, I'm on both sides of this. When she came out, I was like, this is really what you're stepping down in. Watching it made, seeing that it was a resin molded, you know, uh, shirt, shirt, quote unquote, um, what went into making it. It was a stunning look. She looked phenomenal. I, and I know that she is taking black culture and elevating it to a, a different level. Her, handkerchief look from her finale something along those lines is kind of that mixture of both like quote unquote pretty you know elegant drag for a step down and the culture that i would have loved to have seen and that gown that she wore on the red carpet was i think more what i would have expected so i can fall on both sides but she looks fucking stunning and bitch do what you got to do anything that she does is phenomenal and and i'm i'm all about it any other hot takes on the on Simone's look? I know it it really just it challenged me to rethink what like why we do the like why they come back for the finales. Is it to be in the most elegant gown or is it to be the best version of their drag and why they won? And like I, I feel like Jinx really set the bar really high for being just like the most elevated drag possible, no matter if it fits with what you do. Um, like, I don't know, but I, I just, once I saw this and then I just kept thinking about it more, it's like, wait a minute. I'm like, here I am critiquing this woman's drag, which is her purest and best form. Bitch, it was fierce. And for me to think anything different would just simply be incorrect. Like it was fierce in every way. And, but it, yeah. it, it, it took me a little bit to get there. Yeah. I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick dive into the nude illusion and diamonds of all stars. Seven. We are being treated to our first ever all winner season, including all stars winners. 
<laughs> and the UK. <laughs> Why not? Why? Why not? Uh what are uh, what are your opinions on this cast of queens that include Evie Oddly, Raja, Jinx Monsoon, Trinity the Tuck, Monet Exchange, uh, Jada Essence Hall? Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember them all by all by memory. Um, Trinity the Vivian, the Vivian. That's there. right. And wait, I was. And there's one there's more. There's only eight. I, seven. I only said seven. Trinity? I said no. Trinity and Monet. Oh, Shea Coulee. How, I... yeah. <gasps> how did I miss Shea wow. Coulee? Oh, how very dare you? My new hometown queen. How could I miss Shea Coulee? Shea Coulee, if you will. If you're nasty. Progen- progenitor of the Shea Coulee? Is that what it was? Yes. Yes. Beer? yes. yes. The, the Sheikou Lail. <laughs> yeah. well, was that what it's called? What was it called? Yeah, the Sheikou Lail. Yeah, yeah. I still yeah, have yeah, the yeah. can. I love it. Uh, I still have the can sitting on my... I washed it out, and I have it sitting on my uh, my pass-through from my my kitchen in my living room. Uh, we, had, we were supposed to have this thing called the Waldo Fest. It was a 420 festival that was going to be on Argyle between the bar that I work at, the Sofo Tap, and our sister bar, Meeting House, and Shea Coulee was one of the headlining performers, and then the garage across the street um, was set ablaze in the early hours of the morning, so the festival was canceled. So I did not get to see Shea Coulee perform at uh, Waldo Fest. That's sad. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do a little open discussion. Thoughts, good, bad, the not so great of uh, missing winners that we would have loved to have seen back on our TVs. What are your thoughts, y'all? Meh. No. I'm excited because I didn't think Jinx would ever come back to Drag Race in, in that way. And I love Jinx, and she is so different than what she was during her season. Um, I don't love some of the choices only because, like, Trinity and Monet, uh, like a rematch kind of thing. So there could be only one. I I don't know. There's a lot of things in there that I'm. I mean, did you see the Did you see the teaser? I don't think so. <gasps> they're, oh. they're teaming up. Yes, it's an alliance, oh. baby. Oh, they're going back to that one. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> the huh. the dual winners of All Stars Four are gonna try to try to form an alliance. So do we do we know have they revealed the big twist or whatever the thing that we alluded to? I don't know anything. I don't think they've actually officially said it, but we all okay. know there are no eliminations this entire season. Well, they it's all... in it, it's in an EW article, I think. Oh, okay. Um, it 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 is formally out there what this is going to be with the stars, no eliminations, that jazz. So it's out there. Yeah, so, so it's every week yeah, how's it work? the top two queens will lip sync the top queen will win um a star i think some uh, competitions there'll be some things where they'll be able to win multiple stars uh but then and i I haven't read the ew i'm going based off of what i've i've read and, and seen before they'll be able to also block a queen from winning a star the next week so even if that queen wins the episode or the lip sync they won't be able to receive stars and then at the end of this run of episodes, the top four queens with the highest number of stars will um, do a lip sync SmackDown for the crown. 
and then we'll have a top two and then those top two will um will lip sync and then they have filmed both queens winning the season so we'll get to see all eight of these queens through the entire season and this is back to the beginning of our episode when we were talking about this dan i'm good with this i know this is the format i know that these queens of queens are going to be on my television every single week i want to see what they're going to do we know that this is what the format is you have not lied to me. You have not told me that you're not saving anybody and that it's only up to the drag gods. I'm okay with this. I want to see whatever eight or ten weeks of, of shows. I'm going to be excited for all of this. I'm going to see all of these queens that we've watched and we've seen win the, the show get to compete and bring it to the runway, bring it to these challenges and do what they do best and never have to worry about like a queen going home until the end. So... I'm excited about this. I think this type of format is the only way you would have gotten some of these winners to come back, I think. Yeah. Because I think once they get their crown, they're like, I'm not going to spend all that money on a collection of garments when I may only get to show off one of them. Uh, I mean, that was one of Bianca's reasons for not coming back was uh, wasting $90,000 on a a closet of gown. Enjoy bankruptcy. Exactly. <laughs> Have they revealed the network? Is this Paramount Plus again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I do. All th- stars will be on Paramount Plus. Yeah. I, I do think this format was the only way to do the winners justice um, because, frankly, they they deserve this time. Um, my general thought is like I like when I first saw the cast, I was like, I guess like I like the winners, but I just didn't expect these winners. But like. Outside of Shea Coulee, I feel like all of them have a little bit more to prove. Whereas Aquaria doesn't have shit to prove anymore. Trixie doesn't have anything to prove anymore. Bianca doesn't give a shit anymore. Like the winners that aren't there don't need to be there. What I would have loved to see is more international winners. But by the time they filmed this, there might not have even been that many outside of maybe Envy Peru. Like I, yeah, it was filmed a while ago, like over a year ago, right? Yeah, like I, I'm really excited for iteration two when they do this again, and I hope like they bring like a Priyanka in and an Envy Peru and a Vanessa Van Cartier, like an Anjali Anang. Like I hope they really go international with this. Um, but the cast overall was just kind of meh. But also, I'm still more excited for this season. Than I think I've been for a season in years. Yeah, I kind of wish that the drag uh, was it UK versus the world. I thought that was going to be that international winner's circle thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, as they as RuPaul builds out the cinematic universe of World of Wonder, uh, I mean, they're maybe still building to that, like, magic moment. The other thing, I didn't know if, like, All-Stars was the right vehicle for this, even though it is called All-Stars. It makes sense. But just making it All-Stars 7, 6, 7, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why not just call it something else and or call it All-Stars Winner Circle or All-Stars blah, blah, blah. I, I, there's, that part of my brain also sort of rejects it because it's like, but they're already winners. They've already won. It's, it's a, I don't know. I, those things matter not at all, but to me, they stick in my brain. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was I a lot know. of talk about this being called Superstars, um, which would tie into the whole Stars point system also, but... I mean, if you were to do that, then people would be like, well, where's All-Star 7? And, I mean, it's going to take that spot 
in the the two per year you know filming slash airing um you know kind of schedule so i can understand it from that that point but dan i'm with you this is like i was so fatigued and burnt out from season 14 and we've had uk versus the world we have espana season two going on right now there's like all of these things that are are going on and i saw this you know I, i saw that this was coming and i was like you know what i'm down i'm ready for this like i'm excited i love monet i love jinx um shay is phenomenal you know and and someone had pointed out that i follow on twitter that a lot of the focus is on the more recent winners or the more recent queens who did not have a chance to really kind of have a a career post drag race win because of covid so this is a but way i'd to say get the only back. one the only one that falls into that group is jada from Evie, the regular Evie. seasons yeah, because Shay didn't end. have a Shay didn't have a a run after All Stars five really, mm-hmm. uh, like a touring schedule after AS five. They didn't even have a, a a promo shoot. They got they got photographed in the back. They were by <laughs> the stairs. Like somebody put, busted out an iPhone and said, "Okay, hold still. We're gonna do these photos real quick." You know, they didn't get a full proper um, a full proper promo. They didn't get a a a chance to really tour. It was filmed pre-COVID, but it aired like right at like in early early COVIDina times. They should have called it Drag Race Cosmos. (laughs) Carl Sagan could have been a guest host. Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) Eric, you read my mind. That is so spectacular. Please, please make this. If some drag queen out there, if not, I'm going to try this. Drag Carl Sagan. I want to see it. I don't care if it's a king or a queen, whatever you think that means, man, do it. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, yes, love you forever. But no, I thought like, you were you trying know. to get them to drag Carl Sagan. I was like, somebody's oh, no. not reading it to filth. Oh, that's probably already <laughs> happened. But no, like, you know, like uh, Sailor Moon Cosmos. And I don't know. I, just, I think that would be fun. Uh, yeah. So when is this air? Is it like a couple of weeks from now? It's like May yesterday. May 20th is the yeah. premiere. Like, Great. so we, okay, that weekend is going to be like the gayest weekend for me and i'm fucking living for it may 19th we get legendary season three starting fucking i cannot wait yes baby that's kiki palmer like the, the first thing that i thought about when i heard that i'm, I'm sad that megan the stallion is not going to be back as a judge really sad about that because i i did not really listen to any uh any of meg's music before watching legendary but loved her as a judge. And like, she is just a fucking awesome person. Bitch, when I found out that she was still doing her, her college classes while being a, a fucking like international rap superstar, I was like, how do you go into a Zoom college class and just see Megan the Stallion like in your classroom? Like, how do you not like, how, how? But I fucking love that for her. But the House of La Beja is competing on season three of Legendary. Which means that we get to see Aja La Beja perform with the house on Legendary Season 3. So that's going to be phenomenal. And did you did you watch the trailer? Dan, did you see the trailer? You did you see Bob? Yeah, it was gorgeous. <gasps> with the staff got, and then they got the wings. Oh, She got her hair. work here crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which apparently filmed at uh, Southern Nights Orlando the day before we were recording this. Last night. 
from when we were oh. recording. They were in Orlando re- filming their special. Uh, I think they did the drag show at Southern Nights for the, oh, nice. the episode. Wonder if they'll do something from Pulse there. Maybe, yeah. I'm I'll sure be interesting to see when they they uh, when that episode airs and see it all come together. Yeah. Uh, but then we also get Haley Kiyoko is releasing new music on May twentieth. We get All Star Seven on May twentieth, and I think there is something else queer that's coming out. Or oh no, it's not queer, but um, the uh, the challenge All Star Season Three on Paramount Plus is also out. That's that <laughs> on the twentieth, I think. So okay, a little straighter, but you know what? <laughs> whatever. It's gonna be a busy weekend for me, and I'm really excited about that weekend. But All Star is legendary. Haley Kiyoko. I'm gonna be in gay heaven on that on that weekend. I'm so excited. So uh, so who's so who's your winner of All Stars? Who who is your All Stars All Stars winner? Everybody else go first, and then I will. Because, yeah, um, Brian, who's who your do, who's your who's your pick? Who do or I want two. to win? Let's go top, top two. two. Is what we're gonna do because there's a yes. who I want to win and who I think could could win. There you go. It's Jinx or Monet are my two. Eric. And I'll let you figure out which is which. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, those were the two I was going to say, but I think Shay could do really well in this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Shay and Monet um, stan. I would love to see Shay win it, uh, but I think Monet embodies the brand more. And she, I think she is the best, the best that has come out of the show branding wise and i think is the winner of winners truly um but i really also hope evie oddly just knocks it out of the park and oh slays. evie that's who we didn't put in the list or did we no i said evie yeah you said evie. Yeah. Okay, yeah yeah i forgot shay was the only one that i forgot at the end i would love to see i i i i'd love to see shay do well they're all gonna do so amazing like they're these are just queens that you know that there's not there's not a weak link in the bunch at all when it comes down to their looks their their acting their charisma all of that like it's just it's going to be an amazing fucking season um monet is my girl i i'm still happy that i got uh parliament to book her as a last minute replacement for i think white party in season 10 um monet uh fraternity brother of uh these two on the the show uh so monet is uh, whenever monet is on my screen i'm always rooting for monet and Jinx, longtime friend, amazing queen. Those are my top two. And if either one of them wins, I'm I'm golden. If Shay wins, I fucking love it. There's really only one queen on the season that if they won, I would be like, I'm mad. <laughs> and dear listeners, if you know, you know. I'm not going to say much more than that. But, you know, I, I think overall, it's going to be a fucking amazing season. And I can't not wait to see it. All right, dear listeners, thank you so much for going on this journey with us. Tell us your comments. What did you think about season 14? What were some of your highlights? What were some of your lowlights? What did you think about the finale? Did you think that the right queen won? Were you rooting for Willow the entire way from the time that Enya started playing on the the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race and she threw a toaster in or around the bathtub? We still don't know. I say in the bathtub. But uh, I'm surprised that there was even a debate about that. But apparently that is like this innocuous, you know, use well, your I mean, imagination. You, usually they film it twice. So I assume it's probably one of each. Maybe. A little column A, a little column B. 
I, I guess if you're if it's now such a broad range and quote unquote family friendly, you can't you know say that she threw a toaster into the bathtub and then jumped in. You know, eh, might might have a little bit of, a, of an issue there with the, uh, the the ratings network or the uh, the ratings council there. Uh, but tell us what you think in the comments. Hit us up on social media. Let us know. Thank you all for joining me on this uh, this episode. Check us out online. Our website is flameonshow.com. You can also uh, find our social media there. You can find our Threadless shop so you can get your own Flame On swag. And there's also a link for our Patreon. Or you can go straight to patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. Joel, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. One of our longtime listeners, one of our longtime friends. Um, I just found out on Twitter that you have a podcast. Please tell the folks at home where they can find you online if you would like to. And uh, or where they can find your podcast and uh, follow along with you. Uh, you can find me on most social media at Thespis Punk. And my podcast that I do is called May the Power Protect You. And it's a podcast all about Power Rangers. Uh, I talk about news. I talk about merchandise. And I review the comics and the TV shows with my good friend, Kevin. Uh, so come listen to Two Fags talk about Power Rangers. Yay! It's spelled Thespis Punk for those listening. T H E S P I S P U N K. I love it. I love it. I love it. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Tell the folks that are listening where they can find you for your hot takes and even hotter thirst traps on social media. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I mean, you know, I love talking about drag. Um, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dan in Bathrooms. Coming to a local rest stop near you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Eric, Brian, thank you for joining me. I know uh, got you up, uh, or at least on the West Coast, we got you up at the wee hours of the morning to talk drag, but it has been phenomenal. I am excited for when we get to deep dive All-Star 7. But until next time, we'll be back in two weeks for our next pop culture roundup. Bye, bitch. <laughs>